Welcome to the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report, an hour-long Aggie football show heard weekly on the CRM Sports Network in this station. I'm your host, Gabe Bach. Texas A&M suffered a 47-28 loss to number one Alabama Saturday at Kyle Field. The Aggies are sitting 3-3 three and three overall and 1-2 and two in SEC play, heading to Oxford to take on Ole Miss this week. And Coming up in the program, we'll dive into the loss to the Crimson Tide. We'll pick games in Week 8 around the SEC and look at the matchup in Oxford with the Rebels coming up Saturday night at 6.30 on the SEC Network and many of the stations carrying this program throughout the state. We're joined on the show by Tex-Ags columnist Olin Buchanan, Brent Zwernerman of the Houston Chronicle, Robert Sesta and Travis Brown of the Bryan College Station Eagle, and Cole Kublik of the SEC Network. All that and much more next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom White Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. And now for an important announcement. Do you, or does someone you know, sweat the bed? Do you ever wake up feeling like you've been sleeping on a slip and slide? Sweating the bed is a serious but a common problem that affects your sleep, health, and happiness. Plus, it's just plain gross. But it's not you. It's your mattress. Fortunately, there is a cure. It's called Purple. Purple is the only mattress with a scientifically engineered smart comfort grid. This patented technology is designed to let air flow freely so you sleep cool. Side effects of sleeping on Purple include sleeping better, feeling better, and, well, honestly, smelling better. Try the Purple mattress risk-free for 100 nights and never sweat the bed again. And for a limited time, pick a free Purple product with your mattress purchase by texting AWESOME to 84888. The coolest sleep of your life and a free Purple product by texting AWESOME to 84888. That's A-W-E-S-O-M-E to 84888. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is in Introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 9999. That's promo code 9999 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Welcome back. Gabe Bach with you. It is the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And as we dive in and analyze the loss to Alabama, a 19-point loss at Kyle Field, we welcome into the studio our columnist at Tex-Ags, Mr. Olin Buchanan. The thing that stood out most to me was, I think, the same thing that stood out most to everybody. A&M's just, uh, for whatever reason, just couldn't cover the punts. Now, A&M hasn't covered punts in two last two games. Um, and so I was really surprised that they even gave Waddle a chance. I thought they'd be trying to kick out of bounds every time. Um, we even talked about it last week. If you kick off out of the end zone, kick off out of the end zone and, and, and aim for the end zone or whatever, just don't give him a chance. And that really came back. And I guess, you know, what part of that is 
A&M just doesn't have the athletes on special teams. Oh, yeah. Usually the guys on special teams are your DBs and things like that that aren't quite ready to start yet. Or, or linebackers if they're fast. Like Mac Wilson, remember, you know. And mm-hmm. so, but A&M's playing starters there, the, the, some of them, right. and they're still getting And, and I work. think what's happening is, um, well, you know, there are guys that are redshirting and, and planning to transfer that might be on special teams in a normal situation. Uh, and A&M is trying to, uh, trying to upgrade its overall talent, and that's where you see the talent differential yeah. more than anywhere is the depth on special teams. Yeah. And you've got a guy who's just sensational back there. And Now, they didn't get help from the officials. There were a couple times they That's could right. have called what I thought at least one was blatant block in the back. Well, I thought but you know two what? blatant but block could have in been the two. But yeah. you know what? Uh, that's one guy out of, the, out of the picture that got blocked in the back. Right. You do not – too often, Braden Mann was the guy to make the stop on – on Waddle or at least slowing down. As good as he is at that, the, he's the best punter in the country at stopping guys and making tackles. And bet, one of the best I've ever seen doing it. But at the same time, you don't want that. Well, That's not you, what you – and right. he got banged up doing it. Right. So you've got to have guys that can get out there. And I, I realize if you got a Christian Kirk back there or Jalen Waddle, they're going to make plays. But it shouldn't come as, as uh, uh, consistently as it happened you know, on Saturday, yeah, and it was yeah. it was a mismatch for me. It came down to two things: a Bama completely dominated the line of scrimmage. A and M's offensive line got worked in this game. Mon was on his back the entire game. I mean, he took a complete beating, and I felt like if you're an Aggie and everything we kind of always stood for it, hard work, and you got to get out there and get on your hands and knees and work so hard out in the fields and you know, and military and everything else. I mean, Mon gave you a performance you should be proud of and what he did because he was under attack throughout the entirety of that football game and gutted out everything he could possibly muster. And then A&M's D, absolutely no pressure on Tua Tugavailoa. So got w- completely dominated at the line of scrimmage and then just an extreme lack of talent and speed as compared to Alabama. Like you said, you, it, it, it rears its ugly head on special teams. It was that way across the board. You saw it with Tua and the receivers. Look no further than Tua and the receivers and what they were able to do turning what typically are slants for a first down into walk-in touchdowns. But see, they often. do that against everybody. Yep, what but a and not talented enough right. for DB, and what, I think now we th- th- know th- that. Well, I, yeah, and we should have already known. Right. Like, all of a sudden, a lot of those guys who couldn't cover last year, all of a sudden, they're speedsters. Yeah. No, that no. wasn't going to be the case. What, so, Alabama does that on everybody. What they don't do on everybody is, re, is average 28 yards of punt return and return kickoffs, you know, or, or one block away or one step away from returning kickoffs for touchdowns consistently. Yeah. No. So, um, and then block know, a kick where one guy, one guy on three, and he just he he tried to step away so he wouldn't get a roughing pot penalty, and then slowed down and still blocked it. Yeah, and and first of all, the we call them upbacks. I don't know what to call them these days, but when I was playing, yeah. it was the upback. So it looked like three guys that were just in a in a mode like, okay, you're supposed to kick it, I'm supposed to stand here, and then when the guy I can't he had the funny name, but when he was almost yeah. on top of him. Then somebody reacted. By then it was too late. You could have seen this guy coming and step forward, you know, yards before that. Plus, um, on the punt before He darn near did it then. On the punt before, uh Braden Mann kicked it right down the middle of the field and they had a big return. And I saw Jimbo Fisher lecturing him about kicking in the middle of the field. So he was obviously trying to angle it and he turned his body to the right and he stepped right into the the rush he may if he had punt if he had punted straight it would have been blocked but he stepped right into the rush well at some somehow the guy's got to know I'm talking about the upbacks got to know if he's directionally kicking that he's going to be facing toward you know angled one way right, so you got so you got to understand that you got to go pick some so that right. was a fail on so many levels oh it was and number ten who blocked the kick with Shavers who's a Texas kid from Louisville. Recovered for up. a touchdown. Mm-hmm. On that play, uh, the, the punt before that you're talking about, middle of the field, Waddle, one of his other, one of his four incredible returns in the game, uh, that number 10 got even more clean and darn near blocked that one. And it was in the middle of the field, 
But Braden, I think, was just trying to do whatever he could to get that one off. You would think, okay, let's adjust because 10's coming right through the line. And you got to show me Chip from number 20. Maybe it was William, like Brian, somebody. It was one of the DBs in there on special teams. Got a little one arm, just quick chip, and the guy came right through and blocked it. I mean, but you should have seen that the previous punt because he darn near blocked that one too. Well, the thing is, is when you're back there blocking for the punter, you don't have to wait for the guy to come to get you. I'm talking about the right. rusher. No you can take a step or two forward and meet him like a like a running back would do on a blitzing linebacker exactly. or a blitzing safety. Meet him like he's a stake. <laughs> so, so, uh, but by the and. and and, you know, that was a frustrating thing because, yeah, you really weren't in it anymore, but, you know, you at least you were harboring some hope to right. score and make it interesting, and then that was, you know, the backbreaker. Yeah, that was part of two touchdowns in a minute and 33 seconds, I believe it was. And, you know, I wanted to see him, I wanted to see him get out of a game again with at least not giving up one of those non-offensive touchdowns and got close. Yep, certainly did. We'll have more with Olin Buchanan. And how do the Aggies – get over the Mississippi roadblock, something that has really hampered Texas A&M in recent seasons. In fact, since Johnny Manziel left after 2013, where A&M was 4-0 and against the Mississippis in 2012 and 13, A&M is 3-7 against Ole Miss and Mississippi State and has never swept the Mississippi schools since Johnny Manziel left from 14 to 2018. But the Aggies won 3-4 in the Grove it starts on Saturday, the very next week, host Old Mississippi State in an 11 o'clock game at Kyle Field. How did the Aggies get over the Mississippi hurdle and sweep Ole Miss and MSU the next two weeks? How confident are you that A&M can do that? We'll kind of tackle that subject when we come back on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach back with Olin Buchanan in studio on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. How confident are you that the Aggies can get over the Mississippi roadblock and sweep Ole Miss and Mississippi State the next two weeks and get rolling? OB, your answer to that and your number. Okay, first of all, yeah, my, my eyes are seeing them getting better. I mean, they they uh, I go back to that, that long opening drive against Alabama. Yeah, the next drive wasn't as good, but you didn't think Alabama is going to make adjustments. And so you got to adjust to the adjustments. Then they went down and got a field goal. Um, they scored 28 points on Alabama. It's not easy to do, uh, even for a non-vintage Alabama defense. Uh, they, uh, you know, they, they probably would have gave, uh, uh, given up more p- rushing and passing yardage if not for the return game. But the fact of the matter is that you know, you're going to give up – everybody's going to give up a lot of points to Alabama. So right. uh, there there are still things they have to do to get better. I think they'll look better against against teams that aren't as good as Alabama. But uh, I couldn't tell you how much I feel like – I came away feeling like they improved again. If you're expecting quantum leaps, I think you're going to be disappointed. I think you want yeah. to see a team that gets better, runs the ball, uh, you know – for 150 yards to 120 to 150 yards and and maybe gets a, a couple of sacks here and there you know right. if you're thinking you're going to go out and see a game where they're going to explode for you know 250 yards rushing and uh get five sacks and put yeah you know, you right know. some of the key issues on this team i don't see making huge improvements now it needs to be through recruiting and development right the offensive line isn't there it's not going to be perfect this year by any stretch of the imagination and I still don't see the edge talent. They could do a little bit better in that against a, a very youthful Ole Miss front that's had all kinds of problems, especially in the in the passing game. So mm-hmm. you could see areas where you could grow, but and they are growing, and that could manifest itself against weaker competition to where yeah, you do have maybe a couple you of know, feel good I, wins. I thought they pressured really well against Arkansas. They just didn't get home. Yeah, uh, and they blew opportunities. Now. You know Auburn has a has a uh, what all senior offensive line with one guy's projected as a first round pick. Alabama has a very good offensive line as usual, and uh, and Clemson has a good line. Yeah, so that had something to do with it too. Yeah. Yes, no but, question. But so it, you know the the difference in the results may be 
tied to the caliber of competition. Mm-hmm. What you want and what they're trying to build to is the team that goes in and executes and produces regardless of how good the opponent is. But right now you gotta gotta settle for what are you gonna do against inferior competition? Well, I'm a nine. And the only reason I'm not a ten is because it's the Mississippis and history. But let me tell you something. Jimbo has zero bad losses in in two in one and a half seasons at A and M. He's lost to number one, 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 two, eight at the time he played him, and then at Mississippi State with the best defense in the country statistically, with three first round picks, and that was a close game. And then he gave away a game to Auburn, which is still Auburn, with that, and that's Stidham, but that's also that defensive front. And he they gave that one away, no doubt about it. And Auburn is the worst loss he's had, and that was a game that they had that one in the bag. Shouldn't have done it. That was an inexplicable loss. So those are his losses. I just don't see him going to Oxford, Mississippi and losing this game. And I absolutely, even if he did, do not see him losing to Mississippi State, a team that got doubled up by Tennessee at home at Cowfield. I just don't see it happening. The only reason that it's not a 10, OB, for me is because we've seen this stuff before with the Mississippis. But that was a previous regime. Yeah, uh, I'm a six. Okay, which is yeah, I guess five would have been fifty fifty. So I'm giving an edge. I think they will, but uh, history does uh, play into that. Better A and M teams have gone into Oxford. Maybe it gets even worse. I don't know if they were or worse or not. But, Certainly, the A and M teams were better though, but certain and struggled. Yeah, um, and I just think that with this football team. And I'll go back to the Arkansas game, and I'll even go back to Texas State when, you know, I still think. And, and Fisher says, "No, you got it all wrong." But I still think that you should be able to just match up and push those guys a yard off the line when you need a yard. Um, right. So when I go, I look at that Arkansas game, and I say, "This team, you might be favored, but there's not one game on this schedule with the." exception of Texas State, where I think you can go in and say, this is a win. We're going to win this game. Uh, you're going to have to earn it even against the Ole Miss. I'm not sure which is the worst team between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I'm not sure which one I would take. But, you know, and I know comparing scores matters not at all. But if you're into that, uh, Ole Miss beat Arkansas handily. Handily, and 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 A and M's, you know, as we all know, squeaked by Arkansas. So um, I'm a six. I think A and M's going to win in Oxford. I think they're going to win against Mississippi State here. I sure hope, no matter what, that we're not talk try ever going to try to use the 11 a.m. kickoff as an excuse next week. Yeah, because <laughs> the other team is not even in their own beds. Well, I know A and M isn't either, but. Uh, because for whatever reason, teams, even home teams, stay in hotels. Mm-hmm. But the other team had to travel and get up. So uh, there's no excuses for losing these games. There's there, right. there's nothing. But I still cannot say that this team that I'm like, oh, they're going to win. I go in there saying absolutely they're going to win. But uh, because this team hadn't showed that it's good enough to 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 be able to just go out and say I'm going to beat somebody. If they couldn't do it against Arkansas. Who are you going to just absolutely say they're going to be? Right. Our thanks to Olin Buchanan. We'll come back and look at the key storylines of the week coming off the loss to Bama and heading into the game against Ole Miss with our press row segment coming up next with the local beat writers that cover Texas A&M. We'll do that next. Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. 
Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. And now for an important announcement. Do you, or does someone you know, sweat the bed? Do you ever wake up feeling like you've been sleeping on a slip and slide? Sweating the bed is a serious but a common problem that affects your sleep, health, and happiness. Plus, it's just plain gross. But it's not you. It's your mattress. Fortunately, there is a cure. It's called Purple. Purple is the only mattress with a scientifically engineered smart comfort grid. This patented technology is designed to let air flow freely so you sleep cool. Side effects of sleeping on Purple include sleeping better, feeling better, and, well, honestly, smelling better. Try the Purple mattress risk-free for 100 nights and never sweat the bed again. And for a limited time, pick a free Purple product with your mattress purchase by texting AWESOME to 84888. The coolest sleep of your life and a free Purple product by texting AWESOME to 84888. That's A-W-E-S-O-M-E to 84888. Hi, Gabe Bach here from TechSags Radio, and if you're not currently a premium or varsity-level subscriber to TechSags.com, what are you waiting for? TechSags.com is the inside source for all things Aggie sports, the leaders in breaking news coverage, in-depth analysis, recruiting scoop, and more. Whether it's exclusive long-form interviews with Aggie players and coaches or inside on the next big recruit on his way to Aggieland, nobody covers A&M like TechSags. Jump on board now and don't miss out on the very best in A&M sports coverage. It's TechSags.com. Welcome back, and let's dive into the weekly storylines, looking back on the loss to Alabama and ahead to Ole Miss coming up this week as we welcome back Olin Buchanan for a third segment. And joining us, Brent Zwerneman of the Houston Chronicle, Robert Cessna of the Bryan College Station Eagle, and also of the Eagle, Travis Brown. Go to Ole Miss because it's Ole Miss and Mississippi State and then what, UTSA and South Carolina. So you, mm-hmm. you got an opportunity here. You got to go play and show up. They could lose three of those games, but they could win all four of them, Cease. But you, I know you want to hit on what Ole Miss is doing now offensively. They're running what Rich Rod wants to run. A lot of QB run now. And then the linebacker play in AM defense going to have to show up. Well, when you look at the last four games, they're averaging over 200 yards rushing. And they played Alabama. You know, they've got a – looks like to me a cohesive offensive line. And it goes back to is I like where AM's linebackers have been under Jimbo as far as the runs concerned. Last year, really good. This year, still good, but when you look, they haven't played a lot of run-oriented teams. Now, Auburn was, but Auburn's a different animal. And But Auburn came out, and you know, they got five senior offensive linemen. They hit that first reverse, but I, I go back, and I don't my numbers are in front of me, but they still had like 17 or 18 four-yard runs. And Whitlow up the gut on that last drive, which killed him. And, you know, we've seen Phillips. Phillips is a good running back. So I think this is going to be a big game to see how much progress they've made with Hines along with Johnson and bringing Hansford off because you won't need so much nickel or dime back because Ole Miss likes to run the ball. And I think Elko's defense in the past, that's the kind of matchup you'd like. But so many close games at Ole Miss, if they start three and four yarding A&M to death, then you bring them up. You risk Phillips getting lost or or the quarterback. So I just think it's going to be, can A&M stop their run consistently? And I think that's going to be maybe the top key for the game looking at looking at the game. Absolutely. I'm just trying to get my head around Ole Miss being this run-oriented team. And, <laughs> right, exactly. You know, yeah. They've yeah. completely In Alabama slinging it down yeah. the hills. Yeah. That's right. Ole Miss is grinding away. Yeah, I'm just saying you know, it's different. The, yeah, and yeah, and and going into this game, okay, before the season, I'm going through and marking WL, WL, WL. I think pretty much all of us had this as a W, correct? I mean, oh, I, yeah. when I, I said, do. okay, this team is nine and four again with a tougher schedule, better team. I don't think I was wrong on that. Now you're in a position where it becomes a, the old 
must win if you mm-hmm. want to make a bowl game. You need to win this game. Oh yeah, because now they need to go three and three just to get to five hundred at the end of the regular season and squeeze into a bowl game. I would have never thought that back in August, but that's the situation the Aggies are in now, going to Ole Miss. Another reason you need to win this: a lot of fans still were upset. Remember, someone struggled against the Mississippi schools. And Jim Murray lost one last year at Mississippi State, a game that maybe he should have won. So you don't want to look back on this year if you're Jimbo and say, well, Ole Miss game is one I should have won. And something that we talked about after the game last week, walking back to the car, if you look past the next three games, now South Carolina doesn't necessarily look like the easiest of, of competitions from what they were able to do to Georgia because that's yep. one that you could toss up, probably lean towards a win for A&M at the beginning of the season. And now – you got to make sure you take care of business the next three games because that one looks like it's a little uncertain too. Their defensive yeah. front is good. I, I'm confident that A&M is going to win this game. I mean, Jim, you look at Jimbo's losses against A&M. He lost or with A&M the last year and a half. He's he didn't have he doesn't have a bad loss yet. One of these clunker type games. I mean, the closest thing to that is at Auburn, and they had that game in hand and let it get away. It lost at Mississippi State last year, lost at Bama, and then that crazy game here to Clemson. He's lost to one, one, and eight when he's played the three teams this year. He doesn't typically lose games like this. He didn't really at FSU, and he hasn't so far at A&M. It's still Ole Miss, and I know the Mississippis are 7-3 and three against A&M without Johnny, 14 through 18, but I think that ends this I want to say somebody was making the point, though, that um, the, the Mississippi schools, uh, this, when, when the Aggies were going into the SEC, when you said, okay, here's going to be the tough competition yeah. – those didn't register oh, right, yeah. as right. the ones that were going to yeah, give one. these teams trouble. And also, yeah. the idea I was going to say, this is what I was going to say, going to Ole Miss, you got to take into account, somebody was making this point, maybe Cesar, maybe it was Luch, that you know Aggies took a, quite a beating you know, against Alabama, put a lot out on the field, and now – you know, now you're going on the road, so you got to kind of take that into account mm-hmm. as well. No, for That's sure. true. That's a good yeah. point. It wasn't me. It was, you know, it's yeah, funny. Right. It was probably right. Luch. Yeah. yeah. I think when you look at the – and this is why – if I would I would bet on A and M in this game, but I'd bet like ten bucks. <laughs> I don't want to bet a hundred bucks. Brett's ten bucks. Yeah, you know because and it, and for me it goes back to the Arkansas game. I think I could I could look at A and M losing to Alabama and Clemson and even Auburn and go okay you know I can justify it and and in my mind. But I go back to the Arkansas game and saw how close they came to losing that. And you're saying, if I can't can't expect those guys to go out and control Arkansas, why am I going to expect them to go out and control Ole Miss, a team that blew out Arkansas, and now you're right. going on the road? So I do think A&M would win the game. And typically they lost to the Mississippi schools because the Mississippi schools were just better than them, uh, with the exception maybe th- – uh, twice, one time when they went to Ole Miss, ranked—I mean Mississippi State ranked fourth. Mississippi State, yeah. right? And and then and the then, Shea Patterson, and then game. the Shea Patterson game. But the yeah. coaching blew that one for you. But um, um, I just think you know, I, I see that game against Arkansas, and and that to me is the thing that makes me uneasy, and it makes me not sure True. how good or how bad this A and M team or, is. Right. I just. I just don't know. Even yeah. going back to the Lamar game, I mean, yeah, they, they put the points up on the board, but I don't think any of us left that press, press box going like, they did what they needed to do here. I mean, I, I think you go back, and I remember leaving that thing game saying, yeah, that, that wasn't really that pretty, and it's Lamar. Um, it hasn't so. been pretty this year. Right. It really hasn't. And I just wonder, they say, okay, uh, I keep hearing, yeah, you know, we, there's a lot of mistakes, and they're, they're self-inflicted, and we just got to clean those up. And I'm like, okay – this is game seven. Six. Yeah, at what point do you start this, cleaning? When to, yeah. You, yeah, one time you either clean or you accept that you're dirty. <laughs> you know? That's right. uh, what I tell the kids every like night before house. baths. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and it's one thing. And they say, oh, you, your kids take baths? <laughs> it's one wow. thing if you're trying to, uh, you know, clean up those issues against Alabama and, you know, you don't see a maybe a whole lot of – progress yet even though maybe you are making progress you just don't you don't see the results from it because it's alabama but you better start beginning this week you know solving those problems and and stopping those self-inflicted uh issues and and seeing the result from that because if you don't if you can't do it seven games into the year against opponent that you yeah. should on paper be better than, then that quite raised my question if you're if that's just who you are. Yeah, I think right. your best players have got to rise up and rise to the challenge in this game where 
it's good on good. Okay, they can run the football with your best players or your your three inside guys and your middle linebacker. I think that's A&M's th- best players. Okay, so stop the run. Stop the freshman, John Rise Plumley, and, and then Kellen Mond. They're 121 in pass defense. Ole Miss. Horrible. They're terrible in pass defense, and they're not really getting to the quarterback unless Benito Jones is doing it. Now, you got to protect Mond, but I could see Mond having a huge game. So he's your best guy. And then those playmakers on the outside are your best guys. That's their weakness. And then their strength offensively really matches the things you do well and your best players, I think. Do y'all so think go it matters? Go rise up and have your best players you step know, up. Obviously, we all know the Grove is a, is a great atmosphere and all those things. So do y'all think it matters much at being a night game as opposed to a day game in, in Oxford? It matters that it's away from Kyle. Kellen's not been good in true road games. Right. Really, you go I look mean, at his splits. He's much better at Kyle, not good in true road games. So. He hasn't had a tremendous game in a true road game. Maybe at South Carolina last year he was pretty good. Right. I mean, you, you talk about the Grove. I've watched. I've turned flipped over to a few of their games this year, and I think more people are staying on the Grove than they yeah, are coming into the stadium. What they so. did with the Aggies games too. Yeah. So. Big issue. You know, I think a, a, a night game at LSU can be a factor. I think a <laughs> night game in in Oxford's another night game. I, but, but I agree with Olin. I think after six games, you are you are. I think this is a team that makes mistakes because they're young. They got some even some young starters that are not freshmen, and I think they should make less mistakes than Ole Miss. But to me, that'll be the key. They're they're still going to make mistakes. They they've done it for six games. I don't see that stopping. But they need to make less mistakes against an inferior opponent. And and I'm with Olin. That's who they are. And I I, I expect this to be a, a, a one score game yeah, just because of what I've seen in the past. Ole Miss in the points or and covers five. It's five right now. Yeah, that's a tough. You know, if I'm a betting man. I bet old. I keep $10. going back and yeah. forth on this one. I'm not kidding. I mean, I, I'm struggling with it. Thanks to our press row crew, we'll take a timeout and come back with Cole Kublik of the SEC Network going in the trenches with the former Auburn center. Next on the Texas Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Tex-Ags, Maroon and White Report on CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you, and let's go out to the phone line right now. It's time to go in the trenches with former Auburn center, Cole Kublik of the SEC Network. Cole, will we see you boys in Oxford this week? Uh, we will be in Oxford, Mississippi. Yeah, I'll be in uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas Thursday night. I've got uh, Louisiana Lafayette at oh, Arkansas nice. State, be in the booth for that game, and then uh, head, over to Arkansas, head over to Oxford right after the game and uh, be there for the weekend. So, yeah, uh, we've got it. Very you can cool. get to see A and M again, and get to see Ole Miss again as well. Yeah, yeah, you've seen both these teams up close and personal a time or two now. Now, it, uh, that's always a fun time over there. It freaking rains every time the Aggies go. The only once is it not rained, and rains in the forecast. But that's beside the point. The Grove is always a fun party. Now, what's your favorite place to eat in Oxford? Uh, my favorite place is well, the first time I've, I've been there this past week. It was called a place called Julep, and man, Julep. it was phenomenal. Okay. Uh, one, of, one of the best steaks I've ever had. Uh, Amazing sweet potato fries. The Brussels sprouts were good. My, I can't remember what my wife had, but she, she, uh, she, oh, she got talked into this like cabbage side dish, and she doesn't even like cabbage, but the, the waiter was pretty persistent that it was the best thing they had. Wow! And she ended up loving it. So it was really good. So, uh, you know, we went to City Grocery last time we were there. That that's that's always great. But um, you know, Ajax is great. But um, man, this 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 place Julep is phenomenal. Okay. Well, duly noted. I've got that on the list. Outstanding. Okay, let's get your Week 7 reaction to the SEC because there was so much to react to, and I'm just going to give you the game and wind you up and tell me what really stood out to you in the game. And we'll start here, Alabama 47, A&M 28. Yeah, I think you know it was it was a letdown performance by the A&M offensive line. I really don't know how to, how to get around that. Um, I, I don't know how much more you could have juggled or altered the game plan to work around some of those deficiencies. But, you know, Alabama did show some different pressure packages. They showed some different looks. I think that caused some confusion. And, you know, it looked like the run game might get going a little bit early and then kind of disappeared. And you just kind of wonder how that's going to impact future game plans. Uh, At some point in time, I feel like you you have to have the understanding that that just might not be a part of who you are. Um, You know, defensively, it's just, it's a tough task asking people to deal with, with this wide receiver core. 
And I, I thought that the middle of that D line might have a little more success. Um, but it's a big physical middle three that Alabama had on the field that, that I think they'll stick with moving forward. Um, but it was just, you know, you know, it was one of those games that you, you felt some momentum early. You thought there might be some opportunities and just weren't able to consistently stay on the field. And I think that's going to have to be a bigger part of the equation that maybe we're all discussing as far as somebody who can potentially beat Alabama is you, you got to keep their offense off the field. And then that's, you know, you're going to get stops too. You're going to make plays, but I, I think somebody's going to have to really limit their possession if they're going to find a way to beat them this year. Yeah. Shockingly, Bama wins time of possession after A&M goes eight minutes and three seconds on the first drive and loses the time of possession battle. But Hey, look, Cole, when you give them, 32 yards in return average, kick return and punt return. That's that compounds the issue too. I mean, they're going to score from 90 yards, but make it at least difficult on them. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, Aaron Suttles quoted Nick Saban on our show yesterday, talking about he's heard him in when he discusses return yardage that 100 he views 100 yards as equal to a touchdown. And, and if that's the case yesterday or Saturday, then I mean that, that's 21 points that A&M gave Alabama. So. You know, you just you can't give up field position. You can't give up that many free yards. You know, you've got an amazing punter who was maybe too good on, on Saturday. I mean, is that, is that possible? But um, nonetheless, that's that's just that that offense is too good to give them good field position and give them those kind of advantages in that big of a game. All right, LSU forty-two, Florida twenty-eight. What stood out? I thought the LSU offensive line played pretty good, but I mean, I think you have to sort of asterisk that with the fact that Jonathan Grenard really didn't go and Zaniga ended up being out for a big portion of that game. I thought the big mismatch in that game was going to be Jonathan Grenard on the LSU offensive tackles. Uh, Sadiq Charles has been in and out of the lineup at left tackle, and Austin Deculus hasn't been great at right tackle. The guy who deserves a ton of credit that nobody's talking about in that LSU offense is Thaddeus Moss at tight end. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had a phenomenal game, and he helped in pass protection. He helped in the run game, caught a couple balls. I mean, he was amazing in that game against Florida. He deserves <laughs> huge credit for what he was able to do. And that group held up a little bit better than I expected. I think Joe Burrow went – I think his jersey touched the ground twice in that game, and once when he was scrambling and got tackled, and, and another on a hit after a throw. Uh, the run game obviously got going. They stole a little piece of what Auburn had success with against Florida with that insert split zone where the H-back just kind of comes back into the middle of the line of scrimmage and, and climbs the linebacker. I think Florida had trouble with their run fits on that play. Uh, that allowed um, uh, Clyde edward Lair to, to really get going on the ground. Offensively, I felt like it was a pretty good plan that Dan put together. I mean, he made, he made Kyle Trask have throws that he was confident in. He knew he wasn't going to be able to run the football a whole lot and found some matchups that he liked. I mean, I would have never told you Florida would put 20 points on that defense, especially if you just told me they had Divinity, Ingram, and Rashard Lawrence with Caleb on Chase on back. I got, there's no way that I would have told you that was even possible. Uh, so I felt like they showed up. They played good ball. Uh, had a chance late. I mean, listen, you, you put a plan together. You go to Baton Rouge at night. You have a chance to win that game in the fourth quarter. I mean, you've, you've put together a good plan, in my opinion. So... They had that, and I just don't know if the Florida offense um, is going to be enough in a couple games that they're going to play. And the defense is going to be legit. I, I don't – I mean, they, they were without what I consider to be the SEC Defensive Player of the Year up to this point. Now, Javon Kinlaw and Derek Brown may have something to say about that, but sure. uh, I think I think Jonathan Bernard means that much to that Florida defense. I really do. Cole Kublik with us here on the 12th Man Technology Hotline. All right, we got to go to Athens here. 20 to 17, two overtime loss to South Carolina. How did that happen? How did Georgia's offense and maybe even its O line in some ways get exposed? And what do you see that impacting that that, that loss is going to have on the SEC East race, Cole? Yeah, I've caught myself really defending this Georgia offensive line the last couple of days. Um, you know, I, I tweeted out in the middle of the second quarter that they, they came to play because I was watching the line of scrimmage, and I'm seeing double teams getting movement. I'm seeing Swift go for 12, for 8, for 7, for 4, for 9. And I'm seeing Jake Fromm just sit in the pocket going through his progressions and still not knowing where to go with the football. So I think a lot of credit needs to go to the back end of the Carolina defense. 
I think a lot of credit needs to go to Will and T. Rob for putting the play in together that allowed them to be successful on the back end. You turn the football over four times and don't take the ball away, I don't care who you're playing, Gabe, yeah. there's a good chance you're going to lose that game. I and mean, that's just the reality. And Brian McClendon's doing a nice job with that offense. They committed to the run game recently. And they put themselves, again, kind of like what we're talking about with Florida. South Carolina put themselves in a position to win the game late. Now, Blanket Chip had to miss two field goals. They had to have a ball bounce off a receiver's hand. They got the interception, and that's how they won the game. But you've got to put yourself in that position first. And Will and T. Rob and McClendon and those guys did that. Um, I'm not as down on the Georgia offensive line as some people are. Did Javon Kinlaw get his? Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of the whole Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James discussion. Like, they're going to get their 30 yeah. or 35, but, like, what are you doing with everybody else? Sure. Like, Kinlaw's going to get his. I mean, he made Alabama look silly. He made Kentucky's offensive line look silly. And he made parts of the Georgia offensive line look silly. But that group gave Jake Fromm plenty of time. Jake Fromm didn't pull any zone reads. They didn't test the backside of the defense at all. Um, you know, T. Rob was running blitzers off the backside of, from from the boundary in the field, coming in and making plays from behind uh, when they knew they were backside defenders. So they didn't have to respect that. Um, you got a quarterback who fumbles a snap and sits there and stares at it, doesn't go down and try to get it. And you know, you didn't stay overly committed to the run game, which I thought was going to be there. Our thanks to Cole Kublik. We'll run down the SEC games of Week Eight, a rare weekend in which all fourteen teams are in action in every game features an in-conference battle. We'll do that next. Every game's in conference. No out-of-conference games. Nobody's off this week, so that'll be fun. We'll talk about every game, and we'll have to do it super rapid fire next on the final segment of the Texas Ag's Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <laughs> Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. As a business owner, your daily focus is on increasing sales, decreasing expenses, and maximizing profit. And while you may have insurance for your business, you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much. With Dexter and Company Insurance, they'd like to help you out. Since 1876, Dexter and Company has been serving the business, home, and auto insurance needs of Texans for a reason. They provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price. For a quote on your insurance, call 764-8444 or click DexterCompany.com and see what Dexter and Company can do for you. This is a cow, a cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 9999. That's promo code 9999 at Vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. Dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. 
Welcome back. Gabe Bach with you. Final segment of the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And let's quickly run down the games, a schedule, and a quick pick of the games that matter. All right, number 22, Missouri. 5-1, 2-0 in the SEC at Vandy, who's just dreadful this year. And one of the biggest negative surprises in the entire league is Vandy's way worse than even I thought. Because at least you thought they had the tight end, the receiver, and the quarterback that could, that are all next-level players. Well, I don't know anymore. I don't know what last year was, what kind of mirage that was, or maybe how good Kyle Shermer was. Because the defense is even worse than the offense. And Missouri's a road favorite by 21 at Vanderbilt Stadium, 3 o'clock on the SEC Network, and not a soul is going to be watching that game, unfortunately, if you're the SEC Network. But Missouri is going to absolutely crush that team. Vanderbilt lost at home last week to UNLV by 24 points. Mizzou by 30. If it's 30, if it's 30, I got Missouri covering. It's 21. That's an easy cover for me. Kentucky, three and three, one and three in the SEC at number 10, Georgia. Five and one, two and one in the SEC. Five o'clock, Sanford Stadium on ESPN. Dogs minus 25. I know what Kentucky did last week was very impressive, but this isn't Arkansas's defense. And this is Georgia, and I I got Georgia covering that. A bounce-back win in a big way for Georgia. Wake-up call last week, 25 is a lot of points. Kentucky's got a pretty good defense, and they got Bowden. That could keep them in it a little bit, but they're so one-dimensional. You don't want to be one-dimensional against the Dogs' defense. And they're not what they've been maybe the last couple years defensively, Georgia, but they're still very talented. So I got the Dogs to cover the 25. Tennessee, 2-4. and One and two in the league at number one, Alabama, six and oh, three and oh in the SEC. Eight o'clock, Bryant Denny Stadium on ESPN. We're living in a world where this game doesn't matter. What does Alabama want? 13, 14 of these games in a row in this rivalry. It's sad to see where this rivalry is now and how bad it's gotten and how far it's fallen. And Saban's now (laughs) beaten, what, three or four different coaches there, and they just haven't quite gotten Tennessee back. And frankly, it's a tough place to win when Clemson's elite Alabama's elite and Georgia's elite right in there in that same realm where you got to go into those places to get the players because Tennessee doesn't have a lot of players and right now and then even in in the state of Florida Tennessee's got to get players from there but with Florida being good too it's just so difficult for Tennessee right now and they're struggling in a big way despite doubling up Mississippi State at home last week this is going to be a complete blowout Alabama might win by 40 in the game 34 and a half is a lot against air I still have Alabama covering that spread. And that brings us to the game I'll be at on Saturday. A&M, 3-3 overall, 1-2 in the SEC at Ole Miss, 3-4, 2-2 in the league, 6-30, Vaught-Hemingway Stadium outside the Grove, SEC Network, A&M's favored by 6.5. I mean, when you look at this game, the Rebels, you know, they're 3-4 overall. Their numbers just they're, – they're not throwing the ball. They're 91st in, ru- in passing, but they're 19th in rushing, and they've been a little bit different as a team since John Rice Plumley got into the game. Three games ago, he started for the very first time, and he ran for 109 yards at Alabama. And the next week against Vandy, who's awful defensively, he ran for 165. And then last week at Missouri, who's very good defensively, albeit a step back now because Kel Garrett has gone for the year – their linebacker, the great linebacker of Missouri, he ran for 143. This is a freshman. Three straight games of 109 or more on the ground, but he's not throwing it much. And AM, that kind of plays into AM's strengths. I like the Aggies here. You know, Scotty Phillips has almost 500 rushing yards and five touchdowns this year, but his numbers have plummeted since Plumley, no pun intended, took over as the lead ball carrier. Seven for 27 against Bama, 11 for 62 against Vandy, and then seven for 20 yards against Missouri. He hadn't been the same guy. They've got to figure out a way Rich Rod does to work Plumley in. And then Elijah Moore, the receiver for Ole Miss, has been spectacular. Ninth in the country, catches 15th in yards. He's been really good. So watch out for him in the passing game. <clears throat> He's all they've got really in the passing game right now. Defensively, Lakia Henry is in the top 60 in tackles. Benito Jones is in the top 40. He's a defensive tackle, nose tackle, and tackles for loss. He's got seven and a half. So players to watch on that front. Keys for A&M in the Ole Miss game here. There's four of them, I think. Number one, I say it all the time, but it's so important, especially when you're Kellen and you've seen historically where he's been in the slow starts, but really last week couldn't have started any better. you got to get a fast start. You're on the road. 
That's something A&M finally did well offensively on Saturday. You know, it, it couldn't have started any better offensively with a 15-play, 75-yard drive. They took eight minutes off the clock. But now you're on the road at night. You're in the Grove. You can't allow the Rebels to feel that they've got a shot at pulling off the home upset. So, so squish it in the bud from the start. Number two, big plays. I mean, you got to have them on offense. And you can't allow them on defense. And they can hit them. They can hit a lot of them on the ground, which A&M's pretty good at that, on that side of it. Uh, but A&M has had a tough time hitting big plays. And, and you know, and so they're going to have to do that. I mean, the team with the most explosive plays typically is going to win the game, and that's important. Number three, Mon's got to have a big, true road performance. And think about this. He really hasn't had an elite, incredible game on the road. Probably his best game was last year at South Carolina in a true road game. You can't think of those very good to great road games for Mon. You can think of those incredible moments. They've been at Kyle Field. So it's time to really turn that around, build some momentum, get going. This is a very winnable four-game stretch for A&M. Continue to give the run game a jolt with his legs. He's the only thing you got offensively on the ground. And then really what he's doing in the passing game is A&M's biggest strength as a football team right now, I think. And then number four, just limit John Rice Plumley on the ground. You're going to win the game. It's that simple. If John Rice Plumley has a tough time against A&M's defense and fails to get to 100 on the ground, they're going to have a tough time. Uh, you, you hold him under even 75. Even I mean, even if he gets between 75 and 100, just don't let him go off. Continuing to move the chains, milking the clock, do all the rich rod stuff, muddy up this football game. That's what they want to do. Hold that sucker under 75 or even 100 yards, you're going to win the game. He's not ready to beat you with his arm right now. And that's not A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf or Dawson Knox running around out there either. So I like the Aggies here because I think what Ole Miss does extremely well on offense right now plays in A&M's hands defensively. And then what A&M does very well on offense, which is throw it around a little bit, Ole Miss is 121 against the pass. So I like the Aggies on the road to score over 30. I think Ole Miss is going to score. We're going to have a tough time really running up the scoreboard. I like the Aggies by 14 in this game, covering the spread, A&M 34, Ole Miss 20. And that'll do it. We appreciate you tuning in for another week. Big thanks to Olin Buchanan, Brent Zwerneman, Robert Sesta, Travis Brown, Cole Kublick, and our producer, Dalton Hughes, and, of course, you for tuning into the program for another week. Next week we'll break down the game against Ole Miss and look ahead to Mississippi State. Gabe Bach with you. This has been the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network.